welcome, and uh, thank you for joining us here on Sex and Life. It is the podcast about sex and life, how sex interacts with our lives on a daily basis, and you know uh, our experiences with sex and all that kind of stuff. Uh, at some point, you may hear our preamble to the show, and it will get edited in because uh, we're here with a good friend, Justin Light. Hey, Justin. Well, I like both those adjectives, super and great. And well, you are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Justin was one of our first guests on episode six. Remember that? I absolutely do. It's funny because I had sent him a text saying, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And Justin got back, sure. By the way, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's like a, uh, I, I, I guess... You can't really take the compliment because I had no idea. Who it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he he still came on after knowing who it was, so that's that's pretty cool. I'm sorry, I could have made up an excuse after I found out it was Eli. Oh wait, it's Eli. Oh, I'm I'm washing my hair that day. <laughs> you wouldn't have been able to get out of that one because you're too polite. But um, if Justin didn't want to have anything to do with this podcast, then I'm going clearly, to Weight Watchers clearly, that day. Justin is. <laughs> Making very poor decisions. If, if you Google Justin Lake, you can see how how. By the way, I'm Joseph. I'm the producer. Oh. Thank you for introducing me, Eli. As always, we have producer Joe yes, with us. As always, as always, because he's always here. I just forget that I need to introduce him. Yeah, no. I'm a shitty host that way. And I'm a shitty producer for being on the show. Oh well, yeah, good yeah, producers are supposed to be behind a window, just like waving their hands and. But then you'd be standing like midair and be like one of those uh, Looney Tune cartoons. Exactly. How you been? I've been. Uh, I'd say it was a, a a bit of a hell of a year the past uh, since I've been on here. I guess last April, I think uh, was the, my first appearance, and uh, since then I um, well, I, like we talked about um, last year about um, me talking about my sexual abuse and my comedy, and uh, I think more so than just on stage, I've uh, I've really explored it. Uh, personally, and I've done all like I I guess about a year ago I was uh, just kind of finishing up uh, just psychotherapy and stuff like that, and it was getting to be a little bit too expensive, and I wasn't really getting any more benefit from it. I did it yeah. for yeah for about two years or so, so it just became too expensive. And then for a few months I was like, uh, you know, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna break this like dark cloud that's in my head? Right. I started uh, just you know researching it, and I did uh, I did several mushroom trips over the past like nine months i guess and did it, that come up in your research yeah it, well, the, well the, the, that was kind of like specifically research mushrooms <laughs> yeah it's a, a well i know how much um i was a big drinker in my early 20s and a big reason why i uh stopped doing that was i got in a pot and it kind of mellowed me out and allowed me to lose a lot of weight too but uh yeah the the, the mushroom trips have uh completely turned my life around really Just, uh, yeah well I always heard about them as being really good for PTSD and things like that, and really dealing with uh, any issues if you just don't look at it as a recreational experience. Yeah, and take enough, and man, I I, I can't even. Uh, it's 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 impossible to. Um, I mean, like we're on a podcast, but it's it's almost impossible to put into words like the what it did. I've I've found at times. Uh, Acid, which probably is no longer LSD. <laughs> I mean, LSD is very specific set yeah. of chemicals, and acid is 
made in someone's bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there were times when I was on acid that I found it very good for uh, self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I've done acid once, and um, it was it was a lot more intense. And I also felt I was just sick as hell for like weeks afterwards. Just, really, just zapped me. But whenever I did the acid, I, I smoked pot too, so it yeah. would like take the edge off of it. But. Yeah, like, I went into my acid trip looking for a bad trip. Well, that's never a no, good thing. Never a good thing. I, I, <laughs> when you say I, look, you mean like you were expecting I, to I was, go badly? I, I, had, I had had a, well, I had done one mushroom trip. This is uh, last June. And then I was like, well, let's, 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 let's give acid a try. Because I've been lied to about a lot of drugs. And so <laughs> let's, let's see what happens. And um, I, I just thought that uh, that probably wasn't, wasn't for me. I went into it looking like a bit of a masochistic point of view and, and that's definitely been a problem yeah for my whole life <laughs> well I, I, I think we touched on it last show um yeah maybe we should give some we, background on what i'm talking about when you, when you talk <laughs> about uh well let's talk about yeah I, I, was, I, I was sexually abused by my piano teacher when i was uh eight to nine years old uh, three times a week uh, and it was the full-on uh um you know anally raped that's that's what was happening uh, and I didn't deal with it for almost 20 years and just, I'm 30 now. And just in the past uh, year or so, I'm starting to really embrace my, my kinks because of, uh, I'm sure it has a lot to do with the abuse. You, know, you kind of fetishize yeah. whatever, right? Um, I've never been able to, um, incorporate that into any sexual activity I've ever done. And I'm just now starting to date a little bit with that like the pretext, right? And kind of meeting people on the internet and, you know, going having dates and being like, you know what I'm into. Yeah. Let's, uh, explore it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that, uh, any kind of repression, especially sexual, holy shit, that'll kill you. Yeah. Oh my God, that'll kill you. Now it's interesting because, uh, I used to do, when I, when I was doing stand up, I had a joke where I said, uh, my daughter's at that age where she she thinks she knows everything and she doesn't listen to anybody who's older How old than is her. Your and well, that's part the joke, right? So I know I'm being vague, she, mm-hmm. but she is under thirty. <laughs> yes, that is good. Now, someone who, who's just turned thirty. Yeah. Do you also because my life changed a lot when I turned thirty? I I finally finished high school, yeah. which was a long fucking road for me. Well, yeah, I mean, because I was living on my own a whole lot of that time. Solid fifteen years in the eleventh grade, right? I say you know, grade nine <laughs> was the best fifteen years of my life. Um, so, as someone who who is now thirty and looking back at your twenties, yeah, do you also say like? For the most part, I I wasn't comfortable with who I was. Oh my god! I I really knew fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and no offense to producer Joe, who I think is still twenty. He's been twenty the whole time I've known him, <laughs> um, which is amazing. Twenty five, and I don't take offense to being a certain age. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. But it's it's like for, for myself. There, I had a whole lot of hang-ups about... Literally no control over it whatsoever. <laughs> it's, yeah, you're yeah. accepting, accepting. You'll probably live longer than us if we start right now. You know? <laughs> start being 20 all, right now. All things being equal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I think with age, it was an acceptance of, of who I really am. Yeah. It, yeah, because I think you just get tired of bullshit. And you get tired of, of hiding, you get tired of... Um, Would you say, I mean, you get tired of your own bullshit? 
You're not just kid. bullshit in general, but it's like, what what have I been doing that's not that's not right for me? Yeah, you're judging yourself all the time, and everything's in your head, and then you realize that underneath everything, no matter what you're dealing with, it's always shame and embarrassment. Like I was, um, I was going out um, since uh, since I'm 25. I was talking about uh, being abused on stage, but um, I never really dealt with the fact that I I was embarrassed that it happened to me that. It, it actually just took place. Not that people knew, but I was embarrassed internally. Like, oh, how did that happen? Even though I was how did I how do I allow it to happen? Yeah, and it, it, certainly intellectually and everywhere everywhere else, I know that that's stupid and yeah. ridiculous. But it's still you still have that feeling. No, you react physiologically to that. It's I, awful. I don't remember if we actually ever touched on this, but how did he maintain the silence? Like, was he like, I'll kill your family, I'll kill you? Or was it just like, nobody's going to believe you because uh, I go to the same church as your family and they love me and no one will believe you? I uh, I don't remember uh, if there was any uh, threats or anything like that. I, 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 so I definitely don't, I don't think that there was. I think it was just uh, something that happened and I don't remember him. I mean, I'm sure he did. He'd be like, oh, it's insane. We just practiced piano today. But uh, I definitely don't remember that aspect. I just think that I was so confused and ashamed that I just, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone. And, and quite honestly, uh, he may have been too. Who knows? You know, I mean, that's certainly something that uh, uh, the mushrooms helped me reflect on was you get that gigantic feeling of empathy. So it's like I was a victim of circumstance, but what was wrong with that guy's brain? There was someone was telling me about uh, a documentary that focused on um, a, a pedophile rapist and all his victims. Yeah. And so you're watching this, and then the second half or, or later in it, uh, they talk about his abuse. Yeah. Yeah. It's because... The cycle. The, the, well, that's and, it. And it's uh, those very formative uh, years of sexuality, that's what's ingrained in you. And uh, I, I've definitely never had uh, any kind of attraction towards... Uh, any kids, male or female, but uh, just I'm probably lucky. You know, just whatever happened in my experience, it just well, I, I or maybe I'm just not genetically you know predisposed to go that way. I, I don't I don't know if it has anything to do with genetics, but I think a lot of it has to do with the way we show love and the way we've been raised around power structures. Yeah, but power is such a big thing in uh, well, any kind of sex. And it's not just like um, in the pedophile and rape conversation. It's just, uh, you know, who, who, who's the who's the aggressor, who's the submissive, who's like, and that can be very positive in a lot of ways. But it's like, yeah, it's underneath everything. And when it goes wrong, especially at first, you're like. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you get a lot of excessive weightlifting for one. That's me. <laughs> really, <laughs> that's how it manifested itself. Uh, it's, I I know from for myself, and I also know for others that I've been with. Kink has been very helpful, helping to focus and helping to to understand who we are better. Mm-hmm. Which raises the question: What kind of kinks has your abuse manifested itself as? Uh, it's very uh, obviously the very very like role play dynamic. Um, like pretty much any kind of um, uh, 
power dynamic where there could be, and I mean, I would definitely classify myself as a switch for sure. I mean, it could just be, um, you know, it could be within an hour. Like, I, yeah, I'll, I'll do the dominant, I'll do the submissive thing. It's kind of like, I don't like the, um, uh, I'm definitely into like the, the intense aggression, either taking it or receiving it. And like the, you know, like just physical, like, you know, you meet, meet some woman where they're, they're like, yeah, like I want to be thrown around, beat up and stuff. And it's like, oh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> just, I don't think that's going to get me hard, you know? Yeah. But, um, intellectually and kind of, um, leading a little bit in that direction I, I, is okay. But, um, yeah, there's definitely like, uh, limits to that stuff, but any type of thing where you can, I always find where I don't have to necessarily be myself, uh, kind of gets, gets me through the door. Right? I always had a big problem. So does that have something you think to do with self image? I think it has a lot to do with shame and not feeling like, uh, I'm worthy enough and things like that. And I, I know, I know that's, uh, that's wrong, but it's just it's such a process to train your body to react differently. Uh, the first time I, uh, I had sex, uh, was with a prostitute and I made sure that I had a good supply of Viagra on me. Just, it's like a placebo, but it's like, I got to get over that hump. And then you, you know, you got to really, it's so hard to focus your sexuality, even when you know where it's supposed to go, even when you're actively trying to work towards it. Like, See, but that phrase right there, even when you know where it's supposed to go. Well, well everybody, it, well, whatever is unique to yourself. Yeah, it's, it seems like it's a, it's a preconceived uh, notion of who you're supposed to be as opposed to just being who you are. Yeah. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're, you're forcing yourself. It's. Well, I look at it as, uh, like, I want to be able to embrace all of my kinks and be totally okay with everything myself and not be embarrassed in front of myself, which sounds crazy, but I'm sure everyone can relate to that. Yeah, it's... it's Yeah, you're worried about being judged, worried about how is this going to work. So it's almost the same as uh, pursuing stand-up in the sense that uh, I really think when when people talk about finding your voice on stage, it's, it's a matter of becoming who you want to be on stage, but the only way you can do that is become that person off stage. And that takes years of personal work. Yeah, and that also, and a big part of that is your sexuality. As with stand-up, when they say what you have to do uh, that ten thousand sets or something like that before you, you know who you are on stage, I I, I would say yeah, because uh, the more uh, that I do that, the more uh, the more layers are uncovered myself. The more you know, directions you think you can go. Maybe you have to have sex ten thousand times before you know who you are sexually. I, I yeah, that's it's definitely a a feat that I would like to work towards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, feet? I'm really? Not, you're not, into feet? Is that what you're saying? I'm not, I'm not opposed right. to feet. <laughs> I just have another 9,900 and... Uh, yeah. I'm definitely in that category somewhere ago. <laughs> it's, I, I, I reached that number so much quicker. It's, uh, you know, being a prostitute kind of helped that. No, I have 10,000 on That's... Uh, that's pretty daunting. Now, <laughs> I have a question about what you're saying about the uh, the, the being who you want to be on stage mm-hmm. or being who you want to be sexually. Mm-hmm. Is that, are you trying to silence certain parts of your personality or are you trying to use your personality as that foundation and then uh, take those aspects, bring them into your sexuality and alter them as need be? Mm-hmm. Or is it the other way around? Is it just like 
I kind of want to actually be a different person. I, I think I want to be uh, who I've always been inside. And uh, like that would be the most comfortable, I think, for anybody. If you can just totally embrace who you are. And, you know, as long as you're not bothering anybody, what's the problem, right? But even saying that, I still, you know, I still feel shame every day. And it's such a long process. But, yeah, this stand-up has, uh, has helped that a lot because I talk it out on stage and, you realize more and more how relatable that stuff is, even if, you know, you, you weren't abused by your piano teacher. Everyone has their own, you know. Well, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's I think we talked about it before. I've, I've also, quote unquote, been a survivor of abuse. But that mine was just, from all I can remember, was just touching. Yeah. There's nothing as fucking horrendous as what happened to you. Maybe a good reality show, too, eh? It was just like... But survivors of, well, we have to vote each other out. It's funny because I find that survivors quite often seek each other out. Like when you're in a room, yeah. let's say of, of 20 people, mm-hmm. it's the survivors who will connect. Yeah. You know, a uh, majority of, of my partners mm-hmm. uh, in my life have been survivors of, of, of course. some kind of sexual You're going to get each other on a, on a, on a real more, level. Yeah. And it's, it's, so when you, you know, you talk about being comfortable with who you are, mm-hmm. I really fucking relate to that yeah. because for years it was just who's experimented more than you, you know, in, in all aspects. And, and it's, sex. it's, there was, there was a, um, and still today, uh, I have these hangups, mm-hmm. um, because the majority of time that, that I got any kind of affirmation other than from my father. Yeah was during sex. The only time anybody ever said anything nice about me. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's... it's Yeah, so of course you're going to go there. The only time you feel good about yourself is yeah. through sex. And, and, and it, it's... Uh, uh, you never really get comfortable with who you are other than being a sexual being. Yeah. So it's, it really fucks with your head. And, you know, I remember... Uh, because when, when we were on the road, and, and, you know, I say on the road, you know, going to Pickering or, or uh, a, Peterborough a, or whatever. There's a, there's a road to, to Pickering and Peterborough. There, there is. And when we, we were on the road together, you <laughs> and I, I, I felt got quite close. Of course, because it's like, uh, it's different, but very similar at the core. Because it's that human experience of like, what's going on? Like, what you... And I remember, you know, and if, if you're not comfortable sharing this, we can edit it out. But... Uh, I remember you saying that that you really had issue with intimacy more than anything else. Oh yeah, and it was you know to fuck someone was nothing, mm-hmm. but to hold someone's hand walking down the street, yeah, instant uh, fight or flight, you know, like, Ugh. and you just you can't be controlled unless you do it a bunch and kind of just. Do you find that you still way. have issues with that? Like, I know you had a. a a relationship with another comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for almost a year, yeah. And that's... A, a year, for me, is a long... Like it's, most, a, it's the only most relationship... Most girlfriends I've I, had were, like, yeah. two-month-long one-night stands. It was the only relationship I've ever had. Everything else has been um, uh, one-night stands, prostitutes, like that, and it's... Uh, yeah, there was, was a big... Uh, definitely a big sexual milestone just to spend that amount of time with someone on an intimate level. Well, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. even aside from the sexuality yeah. or, or the, the, the sex that, that came from that relationship, how was it for you 
being intimate? Like, was it hard for you to extremely to have extremely hard? And that ends up uh, having a lot of issues just with straight up any kind of sexual activity because I'm um, not comfortable that way. And then that hinders the performance, which makes that a big deal, which comes back around in the intimacy and it's this endless cycle. And and then also yeah. not just intimacy, mm-hmm. but the self-esteem. Yeah. And you're like, I'm such a fucking loser. I can't get it up. I can't perform. I came too quickly. Mm-hmm. Any of those things. And it's all the same feeling. No matter what you're saying, it's and it's just self-loathing. It's, it, for, for me, yeah. it's, it's uh, uh, I I've always had issues with uh, stamina. Yeah, you know, and I tend to tend <laughs> to the to, Iron Man, Eli Jakeman. I tend to shoot off pretty quickly, <laughs> so it's you know. Uh, God damn it! it works. Sometimes you know what though? It's it's funny. It has worked in the past. Yeah. <laughs> I find that that. Because I'm on I'm on uh, uh, antidepressants and antipsychotics. Yeah, and the antipsychotics are for uh, my um, they're like it's an inhibitor. Yeah. for for reactions, so I don't blow up as quickly and I don't have my freakouts as much. But it does affect me sexually, of course. There's... And and you know, so sometimes my penis doesn't work. And I was in this very wonderful foursome uh, a few months ago. Yeah. And I'm having a lovely time, and I'm loving everybody who was there, and it was beautiful people. And my dick was just like, "Yeah, you go fuck yourself." Yeah. I'm uh, I'm sitting this one out. Put <laughs> yeah. me on the bench today, you like? But yeah, you can't really you can't plan that. But knowing really who I was off mm-hmm. the medication, yeah. I don't ever want to like be unmedicated. Yeah. Even though I feel, you know, and, and I, I've heard this is an issue with, with uh, people who have schizophrenia is, Oh, I feel fine now. I can stop taking the medication. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, because the problem with any of the, any mental illness at all, it tricks you into thinking that's your personality and it's not. Yeah. That's just what's wrong with your brain. So you take the, you take the, whatever drug you're taking and you come, you come back. You subdue that. It's like it's it's such a stigma around that stuff because it's you can't visually see it like a broken leg. Yeah. But give it another couple decades, and it'll be now. I'm positive it'll, it'll be looked at the same. Have you looked into like any kind of depression medication? Because I know uh, before the show we were talking about you know how is your your ear, mm-hmm. and uh, we both seem to have issues when you know, winter comes around. Yeah. And I know for me. A lot of that is uh, I've inherited um, SAD, yeah. which is seasonal, seasonal affective, affective disorder. disorder, which is wonderful because it, the acronym <laughs> actually tells you how you're going to feel with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's just perfect. It's just perfect. It's wonderful. Um, it's such a cute title for such an awful feeling, <laughs> isn't it? Though it's, it's and like great is like like, he, like invites people to make oh you're sad okay and it's like well fuck off I can't get out of bed Jesus Christ you know this is it it's, 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 <laughs> why is that funny there's this person standing over your bed like he's sad sad man get out of bed <laughs> and and I know when I'm having a bad time because I don't I don't want to take care of myself I don't get up and shower yeah you so to self-destruct yourself personally professionally I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't even eating when I had food. Sometimes in the house, I would just, I can't get up. Or eating poorly. Eating poorly because it's... I, the, the relationship I was in, uh, 
that I had just gotten out of, uh, we smoked pot all day. Yeah. Stayed in bed all day, pretty much, except for when we, you know, uh, we had to go to work. Yeah. Um, ate shit. Yeah. Like it was all processed, pre-made food that we just throw in the oven to heat up. Yeah. Um, this isn't not like a like a big scat plate cake. This is a easily a bag of chips, like the big bag <laughs> of chips a day. Yeah. Ice cream, pop. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, uh, candy, you know, like uh, Jolly Ranchers or whatever, and that's I I got close to weighing two hundred pounds. Yeah, which which is big for you, which is huge yeah. for me, right? And and uh, uh, as we had talked about on the the BBW episode, you know, my self image for for most of my twenties, I was bouncing between one hundred twenty five, one hundred thirty five. Now at one hundred twenty five, I look like a crackhead. Well, you, you, I, I look back at your, pictures. That was your twink era. Well, that's it. But I'm, I was just like <laughs> sunken cheeks and all yeah. that. And okay, yeah, I was doing a lot of drugs, but not crack. Yeah. But I look like a fucking crackhead. <laughs> Looking back at those pictures, I'm like, okay, you, you know. So for yeah, me, my, my yeah. ideal, I think, uh, but when I quit smoking, I put on all this weight. Yeah. So my ideal, I think, would be like 155, 165. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty steady at 185 right now. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, you get this idea of who you are in your head, but it was all this horrible uh, eating. Yeah, and that, like, not only physically, but it makes your mind work way worse. And then and then you get addicted to sugar or uh, a, a big thing for me, uh, I, I've had two pretty serious addictions, and uh, one of them was booze in my early 20s where I would, you know, I'd drink a 2-4, go to the bar, a bunch of Roman Cokes, get in a fight. Go, go home, drink till I passed out. Did that for, um, you know, pretty consistently for three and a half years. Were you a good fighter? Um, well, I thought I was. <laughs> I, I Did you win know. or lose? I I would say overall that uh, I, I would say that I got my ass handed to me quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Which to me is kind of funny because I normally when I see someone who's, who's big, yeah. And built, I automatically think they're a good fighter. Well, I don't, I don't, I mean, I boxed when I was younger, but I think that um, it was less about wanting to hurt people and more about uh, looking for conflict and looking to hurt myself. I mean, that's, it wasn't like a, it didn't feel like it was an ego thing, even though. Um, Going back to that whole self loathing. So much pent up aggression and anger and. You know, just it's hard enough just being a young guy drinking. You don't know what to do with your testosterone. Never mind, you know, never even been close to to any kind of sexual intimacy. Yeah. So it's like you know, I'm just ready to explode, and I don't understand it. No one knows that I was abused. I was like 22 at the time. It's it's a nightmare. But I've 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 recently because um uh, just the past couple of years, so much has been in comedy and the news about. Just, you know, freedom of expression about rape jokes and how you deal with it and shaming people. Um, I've heard a lot of people, like, uh, bring up that they don't understand, uh, especially with the Bill Cosby stuff, why it would take uh, all those women so long to come out. And, like, they're not going to be shamed. Like, people are going to empathize. Like, yeah, that's true. But it's not just about, um, you're always going to get the shitheads on the internet, but it's like they're trolling or whatever. It's stupid. Real or not, you're going to get that. But even if everyone was totally accepted, like accepting of that stuff, and you're like, yeah, you're a victim, we're going to help you get through this, across the board, you still feel shame and embarrassment yourself, which is the hardest thing. And it's, it's, it's funny because we say that we would be supportive and all that, but I, 
the number of women I know who've been sexually assaulted by a family member and nothing is ever done about it because they don't want to upset the family. And this is normally the mothers who say this. Well, let's just... We don't want to talk about that because it'll yeah. upset the family and and why cause all that trouble. Imagine you're talking about a fucking international superstar like Bill Cosby. You know, yeah. you don't want to talk about Uncle Floyd being a rapist. Hmm. Who the fuck's going to want to talk about, you know, Mr. Sweater, Mr. Well, now Mr. You know, middle class, yeah. upper middle class, Huxtable, exactly, Huxtable. Uh, well, you could have a Wikipedia page for being raped by Bill Cosby, then. That's your Wikipedia page. You're, you're not looking to be famous. This is what the world knows you as forever. Yeah. And it's like, that's just awful. <laughs> Never mind just try to, like, my uh, my parents know about uh, my abuse. I told them before I started to talk about it on stage, obviously. Um, but, um, you know, my, uh, my uh, grandparents who are still living do not know. Uh, most of the family outside of my only my parents and my two brothers and my family know. Yeah, because they're just like, who wants to? There is that deal of like, yeah, it's not necessary for other people to know, but there's also that. Um, why is that an issue though? It's making things worse when you don't want to talk. Anytime you don't talk about anything, yeah, it makes things so much worse. And it's, <laughs> I I found that. Um, when I was in my first year of grade nine, first to 15. Yeah. <laughs> first to 15. Uh, in English class, we had to take poetry. Yeah. Oh, you poor thing. And before... A kid, I actually learned lately that I'm good at poetry. Well, before that, <laughs> before that, I had a hard time expressing myself. And it was like, I'm, I'm mad or I'm angry or I'm upset or whatever. So yeah. I'm just going to fucking punch someone. Yeah. And then I learned how to write poetry and... It was very uh, helpful for me. Very you need therapeutic. An yeah, you need an outlet to release that tension. And and I learned I learned how to express myself writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I couldn't fucking do it verbally. Yeah, and anytime I I ever tried to talk, I I felt like I was shut down. Yeah. So I learned to to write, and for me that was very uh, helpful. Do you feel that that's the same thing for you with comedy? Yeah, because it forces you to explore your issues in your own mind as you do it you work out a lot of stuff that way and some a lot of times you're like i didn't even realize i was upset about that or i didn't realize that this bothered me as much as it did and that's really good or that it affected you in this way or that way yeah because in in certain ways uh you know almost every aspect of my life since i was eight has been affected by that in some way do you worry that you're going to be known as the raped comic um, or, or that maybe you're not going to get booked at shows because it's a, a subject that uh, people find uncomfortable? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it, just by virtue of the number of shows I've done, I'm sure that's happened. I mean, but, I mean, that's honestly, that's their problem. It's, I, it I know, be, right? it's funny because I know a couple of bookers that were uncomfortable with me talking about bisexuality. Yeah. And they were like, oh, some of your jokes are good, but not when you talk about your past. <laughs> Yeah. I, and knowingly, I'd just be a Jackson and say, what, when my mother beat me? Yeah. And I don't think they see that that is just poison, a poison opinion to have. Because anytime you, if you're talking about your own personal experiences. You're not up there threatening to rape people. You're not threatening violence. If you're talking about your own shit, that's, that's, you know, your sexuality that's so personal, so important. 
and like just so vilified in in our culture. And it's awful. The stupid like echoes of Puritan bullshit. And it's like just put it out there. We don't have to get dressed in the dark every more anymore. It's it's like I I, I hate even when I uh, when I when I run to people who you know criticize me for swearing on stage. And it's like I've you know, been swearing or cursing since I was, you know, eight. what, eight, seven, yeah, that was the first one, what the fuck are you doing, that was the first ever one, but, but it's like, a curse has never been brought upon me because I've said any of that stuff, this is medieval bullshit, let's fuck, all those people are dead for so long, it's like, let's get over it, we were a different species when we decided that, and, and, and but he's like, well, that's like not proper, because my, it's like, would you just grow up? Like, it's fucking words. We're communicating. We're talking about stuff that's very, um, you know, universally across... This is interesting to me uh, because this is something that I thought about. Now, I, in certain situations, will side with the booker Mm -hmm. depending on the show that they're putting together because a show takes on a certain identity. There are going to be subjects. There's a threshold of subjects. If they promote it like that, and that's yeah. what the show they want, then understand that. But Absolutely. that wouldn't be that wouldn't be the issue. The issue would be, I mean, if there is no restriction on it, and they still don't mm-hmm. want you to say something because they don't want the audience to have to think about that. I, well, that it's like they're now parenting the audience, yeah. because of their own stupid hangups. And it's like, why does anyone who's over the age of whatever, if you're not a teenager. Why do you have to be parented with what you're going to be offended by? Yeah. It's like it, a lot of people ask me, like, they, like, about um, my abuse or about what I talk about on stage and, like, is it okay to talk about you're going to be offended? Like, I've been on roast, like, we do jokes about this. And it's like, you're not giving me any new information. It's like, if I, if I didn't know that I was raped and then you told me, it's like, yeah, that might be a bit of a. You, where'd you get this information from? In the video. It's like, yeah, that would be a bit shocking. I went all out for this roast. Yeah. It's, it's like, you can't say anything to me that's anywhere close to being worse to the stuff I've said in my own head. Because I know all my secrets and what makes me tick. And it doesn't come close to the actual act. So it's, I think it's good. Because put it out there and fucking talk about it. The, the view I had always taken... As an artist, whether it's through poetry or music or whatever I've done, stand up. Because I know how much listening to heavy metal helped me. <laughs> yeah. Because it was heavy metal is the, the music that talked about uh, being victimized as yeah. a male. And, and so, anger and fucking. Yeah. Exactly. And so it was something I could relate to. And so with, with my own art, uh, when I talk about these things, that's what I hope for is, is maybe somebody's listening and, and can relate to this. Do you, do you try and take like the same kind of view? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely say so. That was a very short answer. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're done. <laughs> Good night. For, uh, Everything's been solved. I'm just gonna let the other guests know not to come home, come here today. <laughs> Saxon life is officially over. And thank you! <laughs> Cast the interview with Buck Angel. <laughs> So, I mean, like, I'm guessing you, you never went to rape counseling or anything growing up. Not not rape counseling. The only thing I've done is, um, uh, like, talk therapy. I did that for about two years. And I was still lying a lot when I was in that. Because it's, you know, I would give I would give my therapist uh, 
you know, a certain amount of information, whatever I was comfortable with, but I was hiding a lot of, a lot of aspects. So, yeah, wow. But that's part of the process. And I, I really just think that everything would be so much easier if all of this stuff was not taboo. If you can just, the subject, you could talk about it. It's something that's existed forever. And it's like, just, let's just talk about it. Like I, I've seen them, um, all over Facebook when they had the uh, Bruce Jenner interview last week. There's so many people like that I would uh, certainly beforehand consider to be intelligent. And they're just like, well, uh, this guy's just like, uh, like comparing him to like any other celebrity who like, they're like, well, we don't know if it's a mental illness, what's going on with all this stuff. And it's like, well, quite honestly, um, who cares, number one. And if you watch that interview, you see someone who's very intelligent and very calm and explaining things in very just, you know, like, easy to follow. It's a human experience. Yeah. That, you know, he goes through to become a woman. And it's like, if you can get past just the stupid bullshit that's been beaten to our brains that that's wrong, then I don't understand how you can criticize that. That's only good. Because because the more that stuff is out there, the more your own bullshit is okay. You know, now you can talk about whatever your thing is. You know, bigger. It, it's all the same. Like yeah, I mean him him wanting to be a woman for Jesus like sixty five. What like how how unbelievably hard is we're talking about like you know turning thirty and how hard it's been. Yeah, more than double that. Mm. It's like Jesus Christ. That has to be just unbelievably difficult. And the, the, the more stuff that's out there, the better. Definitely. It's, it's yeah, I mean, and I it's think... encouraging, you know, that's, that, that that's being, uh, that, that that's accessible. From from everything I know about the Maritimes, they're pretty, uh, we'll say conservative. Yeah. You know, well, they're definitely to... the, the Bible belt of, of Nova Scotia. <laughs> I came from. They're, they're, they're you know, they're, they're <laughs> not not always so gay positive. <laughs> I, 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 I grew up with people who... Um, Number one, the way they would joke um, just leads me to believe that I'm not even sure gay people are real. And, uh, and and the ones that did just legitimately thought it's a choice. And they don't understand that they're being homophobic when they say that. They're just, the problem is they're just too stupid. It's like, how do you get through to someone like that if you actually, if you show them all the evidence and you're like, no, like... I always loved the one when uh, when people would say, uh, "I don't understand how that's possible," because I guess I'm just so much the other way, <laughs> and it's like that doesn't make any sense. It's like you you are what you are, just as much as that person is what they are. It's so fucking. It, it's just common sense. I don't it's just want to like that. Shake them that that's an oxymoron in itself, right? Common sense. It, <laughs> it's not all that fucking common. That's it's, that's such a good point. I, I have a friend who says that their their mother is, you know, homophobic until it comes to someone that she knows. You yeah. know, it's, it's, oh, well, Jesus says it's wrong. and I'm, But Dave's a nice guy. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't have enough evidence that, uh, that Jesus even existed, you know, as a, as a non-supernatural person. But I have quite a bit of evidence that a lot of gay people exist. So it's like, what side are you taking here? Well, this is it. And it's, it's I've always been very confused because the, the one thing that, Jesus taught, according to the Bible, was love. Mm-hmm. So where the fuck's all this hate coming from? Yeah, it's 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 because it's, it's, it's people that 
are stupid and are afraid of burning in hell. So you got to follow that stuff to the letter. Well, you got to cram for my exam. Not only that, but but I, I think there's people who are afraid of being different. Oh man! And and not accepted as being gay or bisexual or or abused. You want it's, to be a part of your own. There's tribe. a stigma, and and I think everybody who is one of those things or all those things or whatever, you know, once you come out as gay or bisexual or abused, you know, a, a transgender, yeah, you know that that's going to set you apart from everybody else. Like there's there's just, and especially when you come from someplace that's so closeted. Like I was raised around gays yeah. and I was raised around uh, uh, cross dressers mm-hmm. and stuff like that and uh, my stepdad who was gay yeah. was very closeted uh, yeah. and never talked about it you know I saw his boyfriend's uh, dresses and stuff yeah. and I was like well who's Whose dresses and high heels are those yeah. oh they're Chris's sisters yeah. and Chris was a very very prominent uh, drag queen yeah. won many many awards in the community, uh-huh. but don't tell Eli. Yeah, yeah. Because he's going to think something different as opposed to let's talk about it and let's let's understand what's going on. I've, I have done stand up in, in conjunction with the uh, you know with with the uh, drag shows and uh, you know drag burlesque and things like that, and it's just like you know so some of that like it takes a lot of talent. Number one, just to walk in huge heels, mm. but but some of them are, are very very good performers and um, you know just very talented people, and to not be able to embrace that outside of your like small scene, it's like that's so stupid. Well, one of the the first times you and I hung out, we went to a, a drag show. Remember? Yeah, yeah, right. And I, I said we did a show in Brampton. We did a show in Brampton. And we got the dichotomy. <laughs> and it's Flip it for a little bit, you know. but. Some of the drag queens I know from when I hung out in the scene, their mic work is just stunning. Like, the, the way they work a crowd and the way, um, especially, uh, I dated one named Amanda. Uh, his boy name was Glenn. Um, one of the very few men that I actually dated. and But when he was Amanda mm-hmm. and performing... He was a real fucking cunt, and everybody, everybody loved it. Yeah, that, that, that's what attracted you. It, it was just, it was this fucking. Just say that with such affection. It, but it's so funny because as Glenn, yeah, Glenn wouldn't say boo. Yeah, I'm that all out. Yeah, because it's that transformation. Yeah, it gave it gave him license to be a break. fucking cunt, and he Embrace. was good at it, and everybody loved it. Well, how much pent up, you know, is frustrations in there that you just get to such a positive way just put it out there and make people smile and engage in it and it's entertaining that's Man. i mean some of the best mic i've seen drag queens do some of the best mic work i've seen in the crowd work I and then to, there's uh, one i saw that did fucking cartwheel and heels who the fuck can do a cartwheel and heels i, I can't do one without <laughs> i am close i can eat a cartwheel <laughs> <laughs> i can't even do that Last time I had one of those, uh, I, I I pulled it out of the package. It hit the table, rolled off the table, <laughs> <laughs> and I just watched the whole thing happen. It was never meant to be. You know? <laughs> yeah, never mind sexuality. You're still trying to get a handle on food. It's not even food. It's just like, thumbs. It's like, edi- it's like an edible toy. You're supposed to just have fun eating. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, it was, it was kind of funny. I, was, <laughs> I went to school with uh, this guy named DJ Edwards, who performs as uh, Vicky Delix in the drag scene. He's really good, like funny as hell, and he, like does a lot of parody songs. And nice. Like, and like very, um, it's all like, you know, there's a lot of like, tongue in cheek stuff, but it's. Um, it, it's just in their own the, cheek or in someone else's cheek? I, I, w- I would say just depending on the night. Okay. How, how good is the performance? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's in both. But, um, yeah, it, it's, 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 so, uh, it's so ridiculous to think that you have to, uh, you have to hide stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's just insane. It's, yeah, it's... it's uh, like, who, who is that bothering? Like, you know, people like that vehemently oppose... Uh, like going down to like the pride parades and stuff like that. And it's like, it's just a big party. It's like the only reason that, that, that I would be opposed to going on that stuff is like, ah, I'm tired. I don't want to be in a crowd. So like, it has nothing to do with the, uh, yeah, like, what I, it is. Like, it's, I don't go every year, but the times that I've gone, I've had a great time. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, it's, 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 it's about the freedom of being yourself yeah. more than anything else. In my opinion. And isn't, but, isn't it crazy that even the, that that stuff's even necessary. Yeah, you know, like that, that has to be like a designated time. <laughs> and 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 uh, you know, I, I I look at people like us and and like Bruce Jenner and and all that, and then I think about my youngest son who's trans, mm-hmm. and the difference in the in in the world that they're they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Bruce Jenner or or any kind of trans person from the Maritimes or even parts of Toronto, you know, people my age or your age, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm a decade older than you. Uh, it's unthinkable. Yeah. Whereas with my son, when he was four, we were like, probably going to be a lesbian. Yeah. Very possible going to have gender identity issues. And it was just, it was nothing but love. Mm. And, yeah, we, and, and there's a support there and there's, you know, th- things in place like, uh, uh, the triangle program, yeah. you know, which is a school for, for the LGTB WXYZ community. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's, there, there's very few acronyms. Yeah, they, uh, oh, this is it's the, hard to put one. There's no NASA. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a completely different world. And, and I think we are more open about things now. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I wondered though is like having gone through what you've gone through have you ever considered working for like the, the Toronto Rape Crisis Center or, or like Kids Helpline or anything like that I, th- I think that if, um, if, if if I could um, you know like use my comedy in, in, in some sort of way like that because I'm definitely not a uh, you know a trained counselor or anything like that but I think that uh Certainly, just just from my my own experiences, you know, I can. I, I think the most important thing that 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 if if I contribute anything uh, to that stuff would be uh, just you got to find a comfortable way to talk about it, even if that's just with one friend or whatever. Um, and I would also say do a lot of mushrooms. It made me a lot calmer and okay was, with things. Was, was that a Rogan suggestion? Uh, you listen to like Joe Rogan and be like, hey. He said mushrooms would be good for me. He, he was one of the, um, uh, definitely one of the liaisons into it. Um, that that they would talk about it so much on that podcast. Um, and the benefits that I uh, heard guys like Irish Fear and Duncan Trussell talk about. And it's like, they, you know, also comics seem to be 
had really serious problems with depression. And then just across the board, the more testimonials I read that weren't even from comics, but it was just like, yes, this is great. Just take like, you know, at least five, seven, ten grams of this stuff. And like, you're going to be scared, but it'll be okay. And yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it just, it just, you have that full ego death experience and the thing that uh, was really, really profound was I was afraid of that because I was scared what type of memories it's going to uncover, what's in my psyche, what I'm worried about. And I was like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to not feel like me. What's that? What's that going to be like? But when it happened, I just never felt more like myself. It was just like this unbelievable feeling. Hmm. Yeah. So I've only done well, it, shrooms like once. And it was, wasn't a lot. And I was just like, eh. You have to get past the, uh, after, if you take enough, like upwards of seven, then after about an hour or two, you get past all the hallucinations and the, and it almost feels like your brain reloading. Mm. You know? And then, um, and then you get very introspective and you can control the trip sometimes too. You can like, yeah. it almost, it really does feel like you're communicating with the, you know, with like this life form in your brain and you're like, you know, I'm going to let you in. Just, Accessing the rest of it. Yeah, and, and it just changes the channel. I felt in my whole body, um, as I did a, um, the first time I did a, a trip by myself was at the end of January, and I, uh, I had lost all the work that I had. I was um, five days away from being evicted from my apartment, and I, you know, I have, I have a car, I was like, I'm going to lose that, and payments in a couple of weeks, I no income whatsoever and we're at I was down to two hundred dollars in my bank account, massive credit card debt. And uh with sixty dollars of that I said, you know what, I gotta I gotta try this. I, I did a few trips with my buddies and it kinda made me feel okay. I never had that full blown experience though that people talk about. So I was like, it's this or, you know, I gotta find some way to to get my myself back to Nova Scotia and move back home with my parents. Or start stripping. Or start stripping, absolutely. It's like, I just, I don't think I had the money to, to even get like a fawn though. <laughs> I have to take a couple months. But, um, and like, yeah, all, all that stuff went through my mind. I was, I was at the point where I was like, I was Googling like, um, like, oh, maybe, maybe I can be like a webcam jerk off guy. I just want to keep doing comedy. I don't want to, you know, you get that obsessive and that I think damn. every guy thinks of doing that at least once. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, of course. Like I've actually done it. I believe you've done it. Of course. Yeah, but when you, when you when you get to that, you know that's like the you're hitting the emergency button, and you know that's a short term fix, if anything. Yeah. But, um, so I went and I, I took sixty dollars and I bought seven grams of mushrooms, and um, within within four days, I had another job. Just it completely annihilated my anxiety, and I I really believe that's a drug that uh, if more research is done on it. Uh, there's going to come a time where that's just prescribed to people with depression. Okay. The, the problem there mm -hmm. uh, is that if people stop being afraid, yeah. it's harder to control them. And if the government can't control people, they can't stay in power and be rich and uh, keep people down. So yeah. you see, so yeah, it always comes down to greed. But it's also <laughs> like it's just it's a lot of individual people doing that. Like it's not like the whole that the government's like an organism, right? But it's it's just about different people have to get involved with that or people have to be have their minds changed by, you know, some people will never be open to that stuff 
because it's just been beaten into them their whole life. This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. We grew up in the drug war. You know, I was scared to death of doing that stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I can say that the, the, that some drugs have, are definitely true, that they're awful. <laughs> uh, like, I, I've dabbled in cocaine, and that was just not a good idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes you nuts and, you know, makes you definitely bad in your heart. Uh, so there's, there's that's a like, whole other episode. <laughs> well, and I, I have friends who got into smoking crack, and that just seemed quite negative overall. Uh, but like pot mushrooms, wow, that'll that, that'll change your whole perspective on a lot of stuff. And and it's it's helped me so much just being comfortable with my sexuality. I started be able to date through uh, the fetish sites just. Right after I started doing that, yeah, FetLife. FetLife's a nice site. It's a, yeah, it's I, more I, I, of a community site than a dating site. But oh, it's like Facebook for, for yeah. kink. Yeah, you just, you just you have your list there. With it. That's <laughs> it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you're in the the Greater Toronto area, you see Justin Late's name on a marquee. Go see him. He's fucking hilarious. He's a stand-up guy. Just a, a great, great person. And hopefully uh, we'll have you back here in two weeks. And uh, in the meantime, there is a lot that you can do for the Sex and Life podcast. Uh, we do have a contest that's supposed to be going on. It's coming up. Uh, the contest is going to be coming up on our one-year anniversary, which is the 18th of May. Uh, more details will follow on our Facebook page. Yeah. And in the meantime, uh, we are always looking forward to hearing from the people who are listening. And that means you, person that is listening to this right now. You might not think that you're the person that I'm talking to, but I am. We are talking to you. So write in sexandlifepodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Uh, go onto the Facebook page if you don't want to write an email, but you do want to comment on something over there. This is about follow conversation. Us on yeah. Follow us on Twitter, Sex and Life PC, at Sex and Life PC. And of course, sexandlifepodcast.com is where you probably are. Uh, iTunes as well, if you want to subscribe on that route. And a new one to add to the ever growing list is that Sex and Life Podcast is also now part of the Never Sleeps Network, which is an uh, up and coming Toronto podcasting network. We're happy to be a part of that. So there's uh, all sorts of ways that you can come find us. Thank you so much.